To the Book Evangelists podcast, here to spread the good news that books and reading will save us all. Lissa and Marion will be talking about what's up in their reading and writing lives, reviewing recent reads, urging each other on to writing triumph, and generally wallowing in the pleasure of hanging out with a friend who loves books. Join us, wallow with us. This is episode 24, in which we will be discussing NaNoWriMo 2021. Good morning, Lissa. Good morning, Marion. How have we made 24 episodes of this? It's amazing. It is amazing. That's kind of cool. So uh, even though I myself have been a bit of a slacker on what I'm supposed to be reading for this podcast. I've been a slacker on most things that I'm supposed to be doing lately. So I think (laughs) we're fine. Yeah, we're supposed to be reading. uh, We said, we said we were going to read The Cloud Roads by Martha Wells. Yes. And I have started it. But I got derailed by preparations for National Novel Writing Month in November. It's true. And mine is like even worse. We're supposed to be reading it for a book club that I was organizing, and I didn't even (laughs) organize the book club. (laughs) So I think that everyone who knows us knows that. Yeah. As it gets closer to November, our priorities naturally shift in a a rhythmic flow towards NaNoWriMo. And 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 it's a holistic process where... Every part of our lives starts to shift toward NaNoWriMo. I'm a, you know, a compulsive doodler and like all of my quote artwork has shifted toward NaNoWriMo as well. And uh, um, my reading has shifted toward things that help me in NaNoWriMo. And I look at my family and I think, hmm, how can I keep these people alive during NaNoWriMo? Exactly. Exactly. I make and do things for people and it's all NaNoWriMo focused right now. And um, yeah, like last week I cooked all of the things in my counter and my fridge that would probably spoil in November if I didn't cook them now so that they would not be neglected. You're so good. Yeah. You're so good. I'm so tired of cooking. Oh gosh. Like they expect, the, the adulting thing, they expect you to like feed yourself and maybe other people like every day. Yeah, I had a kiddo who was like, Mom, I thought you did the dishes last night so we wouldn't have to do them today. And I was like, well, there's more dishes now. It's a new day. It just keeps it's happening. Magic. I spun all that straw into gold yesterday. This is today's straw. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is what it's like. Isn't it nice, though, that there's like an escape into creation? And once you, what I love is that once you write something, it stays written. Well, unless you, you know, edit it all out. But that's not what we do in November. That's right. In November, if you write it, it stays written. It stays written. As long as you back it up. That's right. Back it up. There's a good tip for you right there. Uh, how do you back yours up? Um, I email myself. Okay. That's what I like to do. And I also store them on uh, uh, USB flash drives, mm-hmm. you know, off-site. So, but before we get into that. Yes. What even is NaNoWriMo, Lisa? Oh, National Novel Writing Month uh, was founded in 1999 by Chris Beatty, who thought that that would be a fun thing to do, to write a novel in a month, and uh, got some friends to do it with him, and it's been happening ever since. Um, It's actually an international event, and um, the goal is to write a 50,000-word 
first draft of a novel in the 30 days of November. And what if I say to you, 50,000 words isn't a novel, that's a novella. I would say you can always write more. And um, that's like approximately the length of The Great Gatsby. Um, so, I mean, I think we accept that as a novel length work um, on the shorter side, but a first draft also could get longer in editing. So cranking out 50,000 words in 30 days makes the math nice and also is, is plenty big of a goal. I think so too. And I think it is a novel, particularly since you can write in any genre that you want to. And if you were writing a uh, children's book or uh, a, a Harlequin type romance novel, a lot of those run, uh, the romance is maybe 55,000 words or so. Yeah, so you don't want uh, And a children's generate. book might be 40. So you would have lots of words you could cut and still have a whole children's book. Yeah, it's a plan. Yep. And of course, I think The Gats Great Gatsby is the best book ever written. So, uh, and if you disagree with me, I don't want to hear about it. How about that? <gasps> very nice. Very, very good boundaries today. Excellent. Yes. Proud. Yes. So since you haven't been reading The Cloud Roads, what have you been reading? Um, let's see. My workbook club just read some Edgar Allan Poe stories which immediately made me start thinking about unreliable narrators. And when the narrator is overconfident and gloating to the reader and truly mad, um, I'm trying not to let that hijack my novel planning. <laughs> um, and I've been reading, I need to look up what this book is called, because of course I should be sleeping when I've been reading it. I've been reading an advanced copy of a book called Mickey Seven that is by Edward Ashton. Um, and it's amazing in about someone who is an expendable on a space type journey. Oh. And um, he's the only expendable. And whenever they need a human to do something like in radiation, where a, where a mechanical thing would immediately shut down, but the human would have several minutes before they die, um, they send him and then they regenerate him. Okay. Okay. They can regenerate him. That makes... All oh, right. Yes. Now I'm up. I'm like... That's Surely you need more than one expendable if you keep expending them. But okay, no, they regenerate him. That's yeah, kind of cool. You just need one. It is. And of Does course, he... immediately things go wrong in several ways. Of course. And it's it's really great. And I'm a little worried because it's like um, October 29th. So if I don't finish this by Halloween night, I'm not going to get to really <laughs> keep reading during November, and, maybe. And when does it like come out, come out for like? The hoi polloi, no like oneself. Idea. I will try to find that out. Okay, there you go. You can let me know so I can know when when to when to panic and start buying it. Because um, it sounds like just the sort of book I would enjoy once I finish writing my novel. Yes. I have been reading um, a lot of books, uh, bits and pieces of a lot of books, uh, vintage travel guides, and history books about the early church in England and uh, stuff like that, all research for my NaNoWriMo novel. And I have been reading, uh, and this is kind of the something I would carry around in, you know, a brown paper cover, but I'll admit it to you. I've been reading Peril by um, oh, the Watergate guy, Woodward. Oh. Um, and this is not it's a political book and it's you know 
about January 6th and the lead up to it and the fallout from it and what is going on. And it's not usually the sort of book I would read because I figure they all make me real mad. Right. Uh, but I couldn't resist it and I've got to finish it and send it to my mother. And it does indeed make me mad. Um, although, yeah, it just makes me mad. That's what that but I, was, I guess it makes me feel better about some people than I would have and worse about other people. <laughs> so, you know, it's very researched and insidery and... I guess gives me some insight into people that I did not have, but yes. And it's an easy, easy read of stuff that I lived through. So I already know what happened. Um, So, so I've been reading that and yeah. Kind of interesting the ways that I heard you just describe that book um, in terms of giving you insight into people that's different than what you thought from what you knew informing like you writing a mystery novel yeah maybe it is and it is kind of like a mystery novel in that there, there's bits and pieces of information that they're gathering and bringing in to build a picture and that's what uh what i'm supposed to be doing this year uh yes so when did you first start participating in national novel writing month 2003 yes that was a long time ago. I think I'd heard of it in 2003. I can remember when we lived in Illinois and I had a baby, maybe. And I was listening to National Public Radio and I'm sure it was must have been Chris Beatty being interviewed about what National Novel Writing Month was and how it worked. I thought, that is so awesome. I should do that. But I didn't do it for many more years until 2012 which makes this my 10th anniversary that's a big anniversary it is a big big anniversary lasted i've been at this longer than the average marriage i guess right yeah yeah so it's commitment thing and then you're super committed because you're like you've been at this a long time lissa yeah i started um writing my novels before i got married and i've since gotten divorced there you go. This has outlasted my marriage. And and do you have copies of all the novels that you've written? Maybe. Stored away somewhere? Maybe? <laughs> just, I just, I think that's the most amazing thing about you, that like, me, I do this, I'm like, I did a thing, look at this, woo! Like, carry it around, dun, 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 and you're like, up, oh, done, let's move along. You're so good at letting go of things. You're such a good uh, Buddhist philosophy of the middle path and not uh, getting overwrought by this thing look we have made a creation now let us blow the sand away and move along it was the experience so i mean i've not intentionally like trashed anything or deleted it i just simply you know every digital file you created in the last 18 years maybe i don't know exactly where they all are right now but i might have copies of them you might do we do ever have an urge to go back and look at them particularly the early ones um, I have a couple times gone and poked around um, just to see what was up and what kind of things I was writing. And um, I feel like I I did a better job, not of editing as I go, but of writing more coherent things sometimes um, before I had kids. Um, <laughs> and then sometimes later it's been like, oh, punctuation, that's a thing that you add in editing. So wow. there's differences in passages and in styles of writing and... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, and you've, you have, quote, one NaNoWriMo every year, correct? 
Yes. That yes. First I've hit 50,000 words in 30 days every year since 2003. Yep. And I have every year since 2012. So we must be doing something right if we yeah. are surviving. And doing it. But sometimes we try Camp NaNoWriMo. Sometimes we do. And how, November. how is your record in Camp NaNoWriMo, Lisa? Uh, I'm not actually sure how many times <laughs> I've tried it. But I'm really sure I've never won it. I'm and with often you. And I don't even start writing after I make the project. Yeah, I have. I think I have won Camp NaNoWriMo Ooh. before. The trick for me in the few times that I have won camp is that you can have a different goal for Camp NaNoWriMo than NaNoWriMo's goal. In NaNoWriMo, you have to write 50,000 shiny new words. And in camp, you can do other things, like you can edit. And I have set goals for hours of editing that I have made. Um, and you can write shorter things, like 10,000 words. I have written 10,000 words of a historical romance, interestingly enough, that I really enjoyed that had all these letters in it between chapters from one character to another. And it was pretty funny and I liked it. But then after 10,000 words, I was getting to the kissing parts. Hmm. Uh, and you, yeah, time to stop. You know, I don't do the kissing parts. I just do the charming letter writing part. Um, yeah, so we just need, if there was a genre of romance that had no kissing or interpersonal reaction or action, but you got to write letters, I would be good at that. That's a thing you could do. I could just invent that. So, anyway, so I have one technically one camp a couple of different times by not writing 50,000 words and by doing something other than actually writing words, just sitting down and fiddling with things I already have. But the motivation I feel during camp is it's not there compared to the motivation I have in November. And why do you think that is? Um, I mean, November is a big deal and it's lots more people doing it. There's a lot more personal, interpersonal accountability. Yeah, I think- have a streak. Yeah. Why do you think? You, you have, I will say that you have performed some feats of magic at word production uh, since I have known you in order to hit that 50,000 on occasion. Sometimes. Um, but I, I do think the people factor and the buildup factor it's a big deal. Like camp can come and go and you forget that it happened. Yeah. But if you are at all connected to November NaNoWriMo, you know it's coming because the whole NaNoWriMo world gets stirred up and there's programs and people and messages and support and people who are new at it, who you're excited to get to know and people who've been doing it forever. Um, and it feels more like a... A community journey that you can sign on for you know grab your pack and leave your hobbit hole and run off with these people for 30 days when you uh, paused i wasn't sure if you were going to fill in with like it feels more like a holiday or it feels more like a cult but those were the well, two things my you know, brain filled in you could that's fine you could use either one of those oh those your thing was to... much better <laughs> no 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 i think cult would work too. I mean, there's, let's think about, there's, there's secret language, mm -hmm. you know, that people don't understand. People walk up, oh, hi, I'm a pantser, and people don't know what that is. Right. But, or, oh, my plot bunnies have gotten loose, and you know what that is. So we have the secret language. There's the, there's the outfitting, right? Little hats with horns on them, and 
old NaNoWriMo shirts and fingerless gloves. Buttons. Um, buttons. Buttons, very, very important. Very um, important. And the, there's the, the roping back in of people who are trying to escape. Oh, yes. um, people say, I just can't do it this month. You can't do it. Get back in there. And dragging them back in and th- with love and, with you love. know, and encouragement and, and peace. But yes, like get back in here and work harder. Mm-hmm. So I, I think cult is not a bad word. And your other one was celebration? Holiday. Holiday. Yeah, holiday. It's a, it's a month long party. Mm-hmm. And you get to not do stuff like like you froze cooked early and froze all those foods or whatever so that later you get a holiday from having to do the adulting cooking of meals and feeding of people so they don't starve it's so and it's okay to take left take away pizza 30 times i don't care what you do that's cool i just hope my child did not hear you say that <laughs> i'm gonna t- i'm gonna send them a letter secretly and say your mom should just buy you pizza all the time this month so. <sighs> I mean, they would support that plan. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, whatever. Yeah. They'd be fine. It'd be whatever fine. gets my word count, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We'd as have long to as... prove that that led to word count increase. That's right. That's correct. And if, if after you found out after a week of trying it that they were not actually leaving you alone for an hour so you could do your word count, then you no more pizza. Oh, this is a good plan. See, I think this was a good example of how you set up right? Like how you set up how you celebrate the holiday, because everything you do needs to lead to increased word count. That's correct. Very good. So traditionally, how have you approached doing the thing, you know, prepping for and producing 50,000 words? Well, some years... Um, my Facebook memories have been amazing this last week because <laughs> often I have been talking about over like the whole time I've had Facebook since uh, like 2008, I've been talking about my NaNoWriMo plans, talking about the kickoff event, talking about like why I'm excited or what I'm doing to be excited. Um, so traditionally, I try to have an idea by November 1st. And some years I try to have a better idea or more of an idea or write some things down or research some things that might inform my idea um and i'm doing that this year too but some years i also panic and realize that that idea i've been thinking about i don't want to write and then i just start over completely fresh out of nowhere which i think is amazing because people she doesn't just start over fresh on november 1st she'll start over fresh on november 5th I mean, that's uh, pretty late, but I, and, I have done that. Uh, you have done it. <laughs> I have yes, done it. Yes, that's, that's right. But, so, but I think that's part of your enjoy the experience philosophy of NaNoWriMo, whereas I have never switched ideas once the thing starts. I have beforehand. I've thought, oh, I'm going to write this book, and then I write something completely different. But I have always changed my mind in advance and sort of prepared the new idea instead of just jumping in and going for it. I think I'm better now at understanding. I don't know how it takes me 18 years to figure this out, but at understanding that sometimes my idea that I'm researching and thinking of is really only the premise of chapter one. Yeah. And that I don't really know what's going to happen in the book. 
Yeah, it's not a big enough idea. It's not a big enough idea. And so yeah. some years I write the premise and then have big ideas about that book. And some years I write the premise and I'm like, I super don't want to spend any more time in this world. But, and then I jump <laughs> ship to some new idea that I do want to spend the month with. I think that's probably usually my downfall on starting over, though, is I've had some sort of cool idea that actually was just the premise and not the plot. Yeah, I can see that. And, and I, yeah, I've had some that are that are misty to begin with. And when I first started doing Anorama, the first couple of years, I had um, ideas that were too... constrained um to i don't want to say derivative but i wasn't free from the material that i had that had sparked the idea to begin with yes i was staying too close to the material that had sparked the idea and so a big deal for me has been to learn to get that idea and then follow it where it goes to yes. a new place which is kind of what you're doing i'm just trying to do it a little earlier more organized well, I didn't want to say that, yeah. and I don't know, and I don't know that I am that much more organized because, like, some of the best characters I've written, I didn't plan in advance; they just arrived. Um, and some of the most amazing things that have happened, I didn't plan in advance; they just arrived because I'm not that good at planning. Neither one of us is that good at planning, um, which I personally think gives hope to people, because. I think it can be intimidating to, if you're just starting to meet somebody's like, oh yes, I have, you know, the full synopsis and uh, chapter outlines for every chapter and the whole complete backstory of every character and stuff, which is awesome for them. Yay you. But if you're new at this and you're not quite sure how it's going to go, I think that could be totally overwhelming. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the first year that I did this, I think I... I think that probably the person who sat next to me at work as a librarian heard that same NPR interview as you and then decided to do a book display at the library, which I saw and then signed up. And I think I signed up three days before it started. Mm -hmm. So obviously there was not a lot of planning time there since I had not considered writing a novel until three days before I started. <laughs> well, you know, it's just that kind of a, kind of a, was it on the road or something that was written? Kind of stream of consciousness as you go. Yeah. So. Right. But like I have found my like email that I sent my dad when I finished and I was like, it has a beginning and a middle and an end. And like I wrote a novel. Like, and didn't that feel cool? cool? Yeah. It's the most exciting. The first one I think was the most exciting one to finish for me. Although it's a terrible, terrible, terrible book. But um, which, you know, should be buried under an oak tree by moonlight probably and a stake through its heart. But so awesome. Because it exists, and I did it. You and did it. I did it while, you know, working full-time and having two small children. And yeah. and in terms of that, people like, I don't feel like I had the time. I wrote more efficiently when I was working full-time and had two small children than I do now that I'm not working full-time and my children are bigger. You know, um, every word, every minute counted then. And I had to make more sacrifices to get it done mm -hmm. um but and i think that immediacy of like okay i've got to do these three things and then i can get a little time to write means that during the three things you're thinking about what you'll get to write when you finally can right and it's just always you're going to in this constant state of panic about your story and i mean that in a good way 
<laughs> so that when your fingers get near a keyboard or you can dictate into your phone or whatever, it just comes out because it's right there at the top. Right. Uh, versus like getting ready to write and sitting down to write is is a different energy in not a good way. Yeah, it is. It is. So, if, so putting some... I'm still very busy, I will say that, but putting some constraints on it, like these are the times I'm available to do this, um, or these are the things I have to do before I write, or I only have this long to write because then I have to go do these things, works right. really well. So that's kind of in the past how we have kind of gotten ready for this, either by trying to plan or or not planning at all or letting the story take you or whatever. So are you doing anything this year that is different and how do you feel about that mm -hmm. okay I feel good about the things I'm doing but it's October 29th and I can't stress how much I have no idea if that's a true good or just I'm faking myself out um but I had an idea and then I took the premise further and then I used the 10 scene plotting tool which is just a one page handout with like it has you label your inciting incident and climax and final push and major setback and stuff and I put post-it notes on it to try to put big events in this main character's life on it and then separate from that I used the book you recommended to me the 10-day outline a writer's guide to planning a novel in 10 days by Lewis Jorstad I'm only on day four still mm -hmm. um, but it encouraged me to sort of take a premise and then flesh it out and then flesh it out again and then start coming up with scenes. And the scenes I came up with are really just like the character's personal growth journey, which, which is entirely different than the 10 scene plotting tool things. And I think it's awesome maybe because they'll overlap, but her external things that are happening in her life and her internal things both need to happen. And now I've plotted them both out. Yeah. And I was going to say that, that interior journey, I know what kind of book you're writing, and um, I don't know if we want to let other people in on oh, that or not, can. or whether that spoils it. But it's, I mean, but it's no that, that kind of thing. I might start over there you go. for a second. Well, that, that kind of, because you're writing a, well, you can tell people what you're writing in a minute, but the, that sort of personal growth timeline is, is at least as important in your novel as what is happening is. Right. So... Um, is kind of that uh in my head your novel is like literary fiction or chick lit type thing about people doing stuff and having feelings right and christmas and christmas because i started with <laughs> i'm gonna write a christmas story <laughs> and somehow it's turned into like family drama but i mean it's not yet in space so my you know i've got the workplace family drama but it has not yet gone to space so my usual progression of planning isn't complete and but will but it's be. it's kind of kind of a christmas at the office thing so it you're always is. writing office novels too i know it's true yeah it's true yeah and it's really only ever set at the christmas village thing which is kind of like setting in space in that it, you're away from everything else and, and office the regular things don't happen there. Right. Oh, and office, and office in space. Plus, office plus glitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, so how about you? What are you uh, doing to plan this year? Well, I, like I said, I'm not usually the best planner, but a couple of years ago, maybe 
17, 18, I wrote a murder mystery and I enjoyed the heck out of it. I had the best time. And so I've decided to write another murder mystery this year. And when I was writing the first one, I went into it with my kind of lackadaisical attitude that I have. And then I discovered, holy cow, when you're writing a mystery, you're supposed to like know what's going on and have clues and know where all the characters are all the time, like what they're doing when they're not on stage. Right. And as Kel surprise. And so I ended up making like 900 like tables of like every clue I had laid down and which ones are actual clues and which ones are red herrings and when those things get resolved and all the different plot lines and when they get resolved and what each character is doing during the scene, whether they're on a page or not, because they're written in close third, I guess. So they you only know what's going on in, in the narrator's head. Okay. And there's two, two different narrators, but one of them is 80% of the time. Um, so I decided since I was writing another mystery that I should like try to know who did it and why and who's <laughs> going to die before I start uh, right before I start killing people and like how my main character is going to figure that out where does she need to go who does she need to talk to what does she need to discover there what is and every person in a novel needs to have some sort of possible motive because if only one person has a motive it's not a very good mystery novel so everybody needs to be have a secret or be slightly shady or have some connection to things that they don't want to talk about um so I just went to my library uh in this case both in person and electronically and looked at anything that I could find on how to plot and I picked this random book um the 10 day outline which you talked about and I'm also on day four uh it's so my day four. my 10 day it is he's like oh, this should take you one or two hours a day for 10 days, except a couple of days might take a little more. I'm like, holy cow. So day four has you writing this list of possible scenes and then writing them on, I mean, like typing them in and then like writing them on note cards and then putting them in order. And as it happens, my hands are a little on a damaged side and I have trouble writing with pens for long periods of time. So writing out my 30 scenes or whatever on these note cards has taken me forever. But I will say that when I made a list of possible scenes, I generated some I didn't expect to that just popped in my head like, oh, I need a scene that does this, which I wouldn't have if I wasn't forced to write down that many scenes. Right. And putting them on cards by hand has caused me to have to think about them. Like, what is the scene doing for me? Um, is this working? You know, is it pulling its weight? And it has shown me where the holes are. Like at the end of act two, which is, you know, kind of where they figure everything out. I have some holes to fill in. Um, and I know they're there. And even if I don't get them filled in in the next two days, at least two and a half days, it's two and a half, two and a half days. I know they're there. And because it's November and I'll be thinking a lot about this, I'll probably figure it out and put those note cards in. I right now I have a, a gap that says like, like figure it out, Marianne, find a clue here or dude, we need to murder somebody right here. Murder somebody. 
uh, and how are you going to murder them and stuff like that. So I know what I'm missing, which feels like a big difference to me. And at this point, I don't see me finishing all 10 days, but I do hope to, I have a big pin board and I hope to pin up all my cards in order so I can see them. And uh, happily, it's the second, it's the sequel to the mystery I already wrote. So I know my main character and I know the cop and I know the sidekick. And so I just have new uh, half a dozen, eight or 10, 12, 15 more characters to come up with. <laughs> and I, I know kind of who they are. I just need to learn more about them. Yes. Uh, and I feel like I have those couple of days to like find some pictures of these people and print them out and stuff. So I feel better prepared for this mystery than I did for the other one. Am I better prepared? We don't know. Um, we'll find out. Right. Somewhere around December 1st, you'll have a really good idea. Yeah. Well, how your preparations yeah. resulted in overlap yeah. with your or, novel. Being or even, even for me, maybe November 10th. Because I know, I know how it starts. And I know who those people are. Uh, it's when we get into the, the nitty and the gritty that things may fall completely apart. But it'll be cool. And I'll write all those words anyway. And I'll write things like... Marion, why didn't you think about this? Or how about we do that? Blah, 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 blah. And then I can fix that later. But um, I'm currently editing the first one. And I have to say it's been remarkably clean. I'm shocked. That's awesome. So, yeah. Maybe I'm a natural mystery writer. Who knows? <gasps> all those talking animals. All this year, there's no talking animals in this book. Yet. Oh, or the other one. Yet. I know. I'm like, we need to have visions or something. So, occult practices or rituals or something which is because i need talking animals um yeah you just need one minor character who believes an animal's talking to them Lisa, you are an enabler enabler <laughs> what, you, what you are yes um i've been reading too much of the raven um, <laughs> yeah i made myself this giant note card that says hey Lisa." every scene in your novel needs to move your cast closer to resolving the core conflict love me yep and uh and that's been helping me as i try to think about what plotting and planning looks like and what my core conflict is and and who wants to who wants to resolve it and who wants to make it worse and it's been helping because i think my plot is probably like woman versus herself a little bit but also, there are people who are messing around with her, who are making her life harder or more yeah. confusing. So, I yeah. I often stop before I write a scene. I write take five minutes to write down just a basic structure of the scene. And there is a thing that I was put on there called wit pots, uh, which is what is the purpose of this scene. Some people add uh, an F after the T for wit for pots uh, and add a naughty word in there. Um, but uh, I try to keep it relatively clean. So wit pots, what is the purpose of this scene? And if it doesn't have a purpose, why am I writing it? Uh, is it? How is it moving my person closer to the end? Or how is it showing the struggles this person has? Or how is it illuminating character? How is it uh, revealing secrets or making promises or adding new elements uh, and stuff like that? So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's helpful. Yep. So on the non- personal novel writing front yes you are not just anybody you're special because, i have designated myself as special <laughs> because you are a municipal liaison i am 
So what are all the things you have done so far this year as a municipal liaison, a municipal liaison which I should say is somebody who makes it possible or easier for other people in a region or area to come together to write fabulous 50,000 word novels in November? Well, I formed a natural partnership with the local public library and with myself there <laughs> so um, that we could have programs um, through the local public library. Um, and they're virtual because everything this year in National Novel Writing Month is virtual. You can't have any in-person events. Um, and so we've had a fiction writing techniques Zoom and a kickoff event Zoom. Um, and then I've scheduled some write-ins, again, virtual on Zoom. And I made, I was so proud of myself. I made participant packs and I got them ready before October 1st, wow. which has been a sort of lifelong goal of mine <laughs> to not be making them all at the last minute. And, um, and so I've been distributing those. I've actually distributed 50 and um, most of them people have picked up at the library um, and some I've mailed or porch dropped. And um, they're full of like mostly fun. I didn't print a ton of handouts because virtual and digital and having to try to pick what people wanted for them. Um, but I made fun things and I put snack rewards in there and um, what else? That's most of it. Sent people a lot of encouraging messages. I do really inspiring things like when I was at the zoo, I had my kids take my picture with a giant rhino statue, which I claimed was the nano rhino and... I just try to remind people that writing a novel would be fun. Yeah. So I will say you also have, uh, there's a, a Facebook group and you are very attentive to it and um, answer a lot of questions there that people have and post a lot of things. And there's a, and also on the main NaNoWriMo site for that region, there you have like a million um, events scheduled during NaNoWriMo, and yet somehow you're also going to write a novel, which I just think is fascinating. Because um, the things that I do um, to help other people all happen before NaNoWriMo starts for the most part, and then I only have to worry about myself during the month. So I get to throw off the the yoke of, of, of uh, helping, I guess, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, which you make sound like I'm doing something different, but I'm doing what works for me and you're doing what works for you. I guess so. Um, During November, I literally need somebody to remind me every hour or two that I'm still writing a novel. And yeah, we, well, we try. And this does that, right? Like people pitch in in different ways to make sure that happens. But like people asking questions on the Facebook or tagging me in a question or me having yet another event to go start and run and show up to. Because otherwise, I mean, it's happened before, right? Two or three days go by and I don't touch my novel and then I can't remember what I was doing. This is true. It's true. You do. And it is true that I think having to run write-ins, then you're there and then you get some words in. Right. Probably. And I prioritize it. That's how I prioritize this for myself. Yeah. So it's not it's not completely selfless here. Whatever. You're kind of amazing. So <gasps> you're kind I'm of gonna, amazing. I'm going to sit over here and just fangirl for a little while because you're kind of awesome. You're kind uh, of awesome. And, and uh Technically, you are not my municipal liaison, but you will always be my municipal liaison. Mm. And and uh, technically, I belong to another region, but I, I lurk in yours and hang out there and talk to everybody over there. And I probably always will. Um, and uh, so there, 
are things that I do for other people before NaNoWriMo starts to try to encourage them to, to do it um, and to take the load off of other people. And one thing that I do is I make a lot of graphic work for you. Um, little... You made all the buttons. <laughs> well, and I made the, the button designs. And like, yeah. you've done so many things this year. Yeah, I made the, the designs for the buttons, but you actually had to sit down and produce them. Um, I While watching cartoons with my kids. I mean, yeah, again, but still, playing to our strengths. It's playing to our strengths. That's right. So I, I make have the... the button maker, so it, it <laughs> makes more sense for me to I, make the button. And I'm so jealous that you have a button maker. I'm like, I want a button maker. Um, yes, I know people with button makers, and that's really all you need in this life. So I, I make a lot of designs, like headers, and like I said, stuff like that, and handouts and things. Mm-hmm. I think the only then... handouts I made this year were, were genre bingo handouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I did like them. Um, and the other thing that I do is that I design uh, covers for people's NaNoWriMo novels. If you if you want an inspirational cover that you can look at or put up on a NaNoWriMo site, I make a lot of those for people. How many do you think you've made this year? 23, 24. Oh my gosh. Like, like and lot. they're amazing. Like you're so thoughtful and you talk to people and talk them through what it could look like and what their idea is. And you make people commit to describing their novel in October, which is a superpower that you have. There you go. Well, we try. And and some of them I like more than others. And some of them are real challenge for me, which is interesting because it gets my brain working. And I think yeah. that's an important prep thing for me is to think about how you represent a story visually versus verbally um and they run a gamut and it's really interesting to me is to see how different from each other they all are i have had one this year that's probably the most minimalistic cover i've ever made and i really really like it uh and i've had some super fuzzy um fussy ones this year but like a lot of content on them um and it's some of them have been really challenging and i've had to take two or three shots at it to get something that the per speaks to what the person is looking for mm-hmm. and I do have my limits um yes uh on what I can and what I will uh do for you uh I won't I will not use any content that's that's not copyright free I'm, I'm sorry and I've had people surprised by this I'm like no mm-mm. if I, if it's I'm not gonna take anybody else's intellectual property here and do anything with it uh good role and, modeling <laughs> never gonna happen for you um and people once they're like oh i didn't even think about them like now we know uh and but it's it's an interesting exercise and some of them take 20 minutes and some of them take uh, several hours um depending on how we're doing in terms of communication between what people want and what i do but it's i think having a cover is makes it more real like, here's this thing, and if the cover exists for it, then I just need to bring the rest of it into the world because the cover's already here. Um, so I think that's really cool. And seeing your name on something is really cool. Uh-huh, and committing to a title and a general premise before yeah. November. Yeah, yeah. Good like I, Like, I us. usually make a cover for you, and it, yeah. uh, and I don't want you to feel like you can't start over because I would make you another cover, Alyssa, if you You're start over. You're always so but, gentle with that but, offer. Yes, I will make you another cover. Okay, but, I want to glue it on you a little more because not only okay. do you do this and you do it for people for free, but you just show up like in our region um, and say, hey, this is how we 
writing community for each other. Here's yep. a thing I can do and share. Here's why I think it will help you successfully write a novel. And I'm willing to do it. And your reminders are like, okay, well, we're running out of time because I got plans in November. So get in if you want this. Um, and it, and then you've built all of this goodwill, both towards you, because people are going to want you to succeed <laughs> now that they've put in for you, right? But for people for each other, because they're part of something where people help each other. And it's huge. I, I have to say, I do have kind of have a cobbler's children syndrome a lot and that I have great difficulty making covers for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I really struggle. And I, I just remade my cover this morning. And, and it's I like so cool. It, and I like it much better now than the first one that I made, which was a lame cover. Um, but I think making covers for so many other people helps me think about what elements you can put together and how elements are put together and how you express enough of a story without too much, if that makes sense, in yeah. a cover. Um so it, it does me good to do it and it benefits me as well. But I, I do honestly do it partly as community building to get other people excited about this thing. And it's something that I can do. Um, I'm not good at some other things, but I'm pretty good at this. Uh, and I have the tools necessary to be okay at it. And other people might not have those tools. So... That's why you do all That's the graphics what... that I need for Nano. Yeah, Rimo. yeah, yeah. Because I have Cause the, the easy access to those skills. tools that, yes. and 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 I understand how those tools work, so I can do it way faster than you could do it um, if you chose to. Um, so it's a better use of of your time to not do that and just say, "Hey, can you make me a thing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can make you a thing," and you're always like accepting of whatever piece of junk I send you. You know, because like I would have just typed the words into Word and taken a screenshot. And you've always done something amazing. So, so there you go. Although I was thinking of typing, I uh, I tend to default to um, typewriter look fonts for uh, writing related things. So. Yeah, it's classic. There you go. Very good. Oh. So have you done anything else just for you to get ready? You've made food. I mean, mostly we ate the food already. I just oh, didn't I let my food spoil. That's good. Yeah. You I, know, it, it took that pressure off. I swear, I saw this Facebook post the other day for, I can't remember which varietal of neurodivergent person it's supposed to be for, but they put like pictures of what food is in the fridge on magnets on a fridge. I'm like, I need that. <gasps> I saw that because, too. Because I'm like, I gosh, I can't remember what is in there at the back of, I have all these beautiful fruits and vegetables and who knows what is happening to them back in the back of the fridge because I can't remember what they are and I need reminders that I have broccoli and that I should eat the broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's kind of what I did for myself was just cook the fresh foods so that they would not spoil and I could forget about them. There you go. Um, what have I done for myself? Oh, and you also sent me yes. every year. <laughs> I send you a box of, of encouragement and you sent me a box of encouragement. So we have done that. Yes. I'm so excited about my box. Mine came yesterday, yesterday right and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I was like the goddess of the last minute here, but I'm amazed it got there so fast. I'm pleased. And, and you were like beforehand, of course, and so mine's sitting here waiting for me, and I pick up the packages, and I rattle them a little bit and feel them and yeah. stuff. But the do you give yourself a prize for finishing? Um, No. 
I do in advance do things that are like my prizes. Like I've put up my Christmas tree. That's like an advanced prize. Yeah, because you get to look at it for longer. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I off. don't give myself a prize for finishing. See, I always do. Um, I buy the winter shirt in advance. And um, I always donate money to NaNoWriMo because they give me good things. So I invest in myself there. And I buy myself a gift that I can only have when I'm done with the writing. And any year that an Assassin's Creed game comes out for <laughs> Xbox, yes. they they tend to come out in November. And I always buy it and then I can't have it until... I'm done, but there isn't one this year. So I have purchased three books for myself, really, technically. Um, I have purchased three books for myself, of which only one of them is here. Um, one is en route, and one has not yet been uh, printed in the United States, and I was unable to order it from Britain. So... I have purchased uh, The Wood, The Life and Times of Cockshut Wood by John Lewis Stemple, mm-hmm. uh, which is just the sort of nonfiction nature book that I particularly like. And I have ordered English Pastoral by James Rebanks, which has a different title in the United States. And it is, I can't remember the name of the United States version of it. Hmm. I'll think of it here in just a second. And I have ordered a wool, a, uh, a Fox for All Seasons by Anne Louise Avery, which is a, a journal with stories. Oh. Um, if that makes any sense, that this is a follow-up to her um, retelling of the Reynard the Fox stories, which came out last year. And I'm a huge fan of hers. And this is a beautiful journal, and it has 10 little stories in it. So... I have those to look forward to, but I can't read them until after. And I have remembered the name of the James Green Bank. In the United States, it's Pastoral Song instead of English Pastoral. But I ordered it from Blackwell's in England because I like the cover better and I like the title better. Uh, Blackwell ships to the United States with uh, for free. So, yeah, and they send you a bookmark in your book. That all sounds amazing. Yeah. Um I will not let myself start listening to the final book in the Expanse series till oh. my novel is done. Wow. Now that's a motivator for you. Because I really, really want to. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, just to make sure, I didn't pre-order the audiobook because <laughs> I think that's better if I don't have any access to it <laughs> when it comes out. I was wondering when the new Scalzi comes out. I was like, I wonder whether that's now, but I think it's not until the spring. Well, that sounds safer for me. Yeah, the Kaiju um, Preservation Society it is, but I don't think oh, it comes out. Yeah, and that Expanse one's going to be like 25 hours long, so I really need to not start it till my novel's done. Yeah, yeah, you really, really. If you really put those 25 to. hours toward writing your novel, how many words would you write in those 25 hours? A lot. <laughs> A whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so hopefully I can earn that in a reasonable time. Or if not, December 1st, I will have a very focused... Um, amount of yeah, free time yeah. to not available and yeah. this many next 25 hours like, i thought you'd be free in december i'd be like well i've got a plan first and then <laughs> <sighs> are you allowing yourself to listen to the old ones that you've already read 
not right now. No, I have to kind of, I mean, I'll have to read for book club um, during November. So I think I actually will need to read. Um, I put something really, really short because I'm smart, finally. Um, but I think I'll need to read some Bronte towards the end of the wow. month. But I think it'll be fine. Which I think Bronte? I can put that off till December, too. Which Bronte? Uh, I think we're reading Agnes Gray. Oh, okay. So okay. it's it's not short, but it's not as long as some other things. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, but, but the it, one... it, I think it can be nice to, to take a break and read something else. Yeah. Uh, particularly if that something else is completely different than what you're writing. So um, as long as I don't read in mysteries in November, I'm okay. And it could be nice to take a break with something non-mystery related for me. Yes. Um, the Mickey seven book does not come out till next February, but already I'm justifying like still reading it. Cause I'm like, well, the same way that, that this character keeps getting regenerated. It's like when my character has personal growth. Mm. Yeah, that's not true. But, um, <laughs> but personal regrowth, like, you know, like there's death and then regeneration and then you karma. No, I, it's not, but. Anything to get through this book before I really commit to my novel will be the excuses I use. Excellent. Well, we should uh, give a few recommendations for things to help people and then wrap it up so you can go and, and finish that book, Lisa, because you only have two and a half more days. I know. Finish the book I'm reading and also work on day four of that plotting book. Yeah, I'm going to so go read, can... read day five and like, what else? And like, skim ahead. What else am I supposed to have done to be mm -hmm. prepared? That would be good. I did glance ahead at day five just to see, like, you know, if I kind of cheated a little on day four, if, if it would be useful still I, to go to day I think five. it's going to be some character work on day five, maybe? Maybe. I need to finish yeah. a little more of day four. Yeah. Okay. So we have The 10-Day Outline, A Writer's Guide to Planning a Novel in 10 Days by Lewis Jorstad, which is super short and also inexpensive if your library does not carry it, which mine does. Um, and it has been pretty useful to me so far me too um you use the 10 scene plotting tool which is just like a handout if i googled that could i find something like it i think so it says it's by james it's based on the 10 scene plotting tool by james v smith and the 12 beat script plot um it's just basically that idea of a figure out where you're headed with this okay and i'm a fan of beat sheets which are things that tell you what sorts of events should happen in your novel at what point uh and uh jamie gold uh, j-a-m-i gold has some good beat sheets for different kinds of novels and i am also a fan if you are writing a romance of romancing the beat and i think i can tell you who wrote it because i have a copy around here somewhere I have a copy of that somewhere too. I liked yeah. that one the year I tried to use it. Yeah, and although it's I first specifically for romance novels, it deals more with like emotional beats rather than action beats. Um, Faye, something. Hmm. Anyway, Google it. Romancing the beat. It's also super short and inexpensive, and it might be worth your time to look at. Save the cat writes a novel which I prefer over Save the Cat, which those books are written for screenplays, but Save the Cat writes a novel is more for book, novel novels. And it covers different genres and how the beats differ. And you can just read this section. 
I read the beginning of No Plot, No Problem the other day, getting ready for our kickoff event here. It's so good. Isn't it amazing? It's, it's like To me, it is the text. Bible of NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Uh, no Plot, No Problem by Chris Beatty, which is the definitive guide to how to do National Novel Writing Month by the guy who invented National Novel Writing Month. And it's so cheerful and encouraging um, and truthful. Like, it'll tell you that week two is is hardest it is hard. you know uh, because the the shine is worn off and already you're getting tired of pizza and, and i forgot how strongly faith-based it is but it's you having faith in your ability yeah to do this do this thing for you because you can and because you wish to and because it's awesome and because you're awesome yeah yeah so strongly recommend no plot, no problem. And hang in there and just keep making words. Yes. Yes. Next time, we may or may not read and discuss <laughs> The Cloud Rose by Martha Wells, or we might report back on our novels, or we might do some combination. That's right. That's right. Everybody who's listening should be busy writing their own novels. You still have days to decide to do it and commit and start. Yep. It's never but don't start till and, November 1st. And But if you're... If you just get around to starting on November 10th, start anyway and make as many words as you can. For sure. That's right. <sighs> Thank you for listening to the Book Evangelist podcast. Please remember to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments and, of course, your book recommendations at thebookevangelists at gmail.com. Thank you.